It's time to rock those radio waves to some good tunes, but with a brand new episode of Swerve's Bar Podcast. In this epic recording, the legendary hosts have a special guest with them as they cover the Shattered Glass comics. Time to turn the dial and jam to the best podcast out there. And welcome to the podcast about Transformers comics, toys, and everything in between. I'm Onyx Prime with my two co-hosts here. Hi, I'm Computron. Hi, I'm Kilobyte. And today we are here with special guest Highbeam. Now, Highbeam, do you mind describing yourself and give us a quick overview on what you do here on Cybertron? Sure thing. My name is Highbeam, and I am a Decepticon. My bot mode stands about 20 feet tall with the alt mode of an old Earth Jeep Grand Cherokee in bright red, my favorite color. Over my light and dark gray limbs, I have a sharp red crest on the forehead of my dark gray helmet. And the front doors of my alt mode kind of stand out like wings back behind my shoulders. Bots keep telling me that I resemble an Autobot named Skids, but I haven't met him yet, so I'm not exactly sure. I've been called charismatic and a bit intimidating sometimes due to my role as a sharpshooter for a special ops Decepticon team. Fantastic. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. Moving on with our comic discussion for today's episode takes us to IDW, Transformers, Shattered Glass, and as always, spoiler warning. So if you haven't read it already, we highly recommend you go back, read it, and then come back and listen to the podcast. Computron, do you mind giving us the facts? And Killbyte, do you mind giving us some trivia afterwards? Can do. Yeah. With my fun stuff, I suppose. Uh, there are a total of five issues with these comics. First issue was released August 25th, 2021, relatively fresh. Uh, and the last issue was December 22nd, that same year. The writer was Danny Lore, and the artist was Guido Guidi, and Dan Kahana? With inks by John Wyckoff, Priscilla Tramontano, and Matt Froese? Sorry. And the colors are by John Paul Bove and Ed Peer. Awesome. Time for trivia. So for issue one, the idea of bounty hunters receiving unique fobs for each new contract they receive probably owes something to the first season of The Mandalorian, which used a familiar system as a plot point. That makes so much sense. It does. I didn't know these came after, but I thought it was standard because I, I feel like I've seen it used a lot with bounty hunters, but... This is true. The original Shattered Glass stories featured a nerdy running gag where basically every minor character sported colors based on characters from the other faction. For instance, the Shattered Glass Technobots wore the colors of the original Terrorcons and vice versa. In the reboot, things are a bit more nebulous, although at least one character intentionally uses the livery of another colorist, Jumpo Bov, has gone on record to say that most of the minor characters in this issue Chrome Dome, Six Shot, and Hardhead weren't colored as homages. Okay, cool. Issue 2, Prowl and Chrome Dome are shown to be police officers on the beat with Orion Pax, just as the Shadowplay trilogy depicted them as fellow investigators during the early days of the Decepticon movement. I thought that was pretty cool. 
Megatron's anti-Empura rallies are specifically a protest in support of Senator Shockwave, who was recently kidnapped and tortured by Ranpak's secret police in an attempt to take away his compassion. In Shadowplay, Shockwave voluntarily took the fall for Orion Pax and his gang of outlaws after they foiled a plot to implicate the Decepticons in an assassination, and suffered both Impurata and Shadowplay as a result. Given that this is a mirror universe, it's noted that rather than turning him cold and emotionless, the procedure went wrong and left him with a hyper-developed sense of empathy for others, trying into how the original Shattered Glass stories depicted him as kindly diplomat. That's nice. cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, and finally, issue four. Throughout the comic, Goldbug and Jetfire are accompanied by a blue and bronze spot who resembles Wheeljack, as he appeared in the original Shattered Glass prose stories. However, Goldbug consistently refers him as Slicer, an obscure Generation 1 Decepticon who began life as a redeco of Wheeljack's Action Master toy, who formed the basis for Shattered Glass Wheeljack's color scheme. Although his deal isn't entirely laid out in the comic itself, author Danny Lore later clarified on Twitter that like Goldbuck, Wheeljack adopted a new name for himself at some point, perhaps a reference to the time when evil Wheeljack disguised himself as Slicer's future self when he visited the Wings universe timeline in Generation 2 Redux. And that is all for the trivia. So, Hybeam, would you mind giving us a quick summary of the comics for the listeners. Sure thing. On a shattered Cybertron where evil reigns supreme, the ruthless bounty hunter Blur pursues a high-ranking Decepticon rebel. A weary Megatron reflects on the history of the Great War as Starscream tries to convince his former leader to retake command. Starscream remembers his greatest failure as he and Megatron search for allies in the underbelly of Gold City. An unproductive interrogation session with his new Decepticon prisoner pushes Goldbug's temper to its limit. Megatron and his forces fight to liberate Gold City, but amidst the chaos, a tragedy forces Jetfire to reevaluate his divided loyalties. Awesome. And as always, this information has been taken from the wiki. Uh, I knew you were going to say it. I'm sitting here <laughs> waiting for it and waiting for it, and I knew you were going to say it. We should start a bingo. And that should be on the card somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Is everyone ready Outstanding. to get started? I'm ready. Yeah. Awesome. In the first issue, we follow Autobot Blur, famous bounty hunter, who is given a special task with hunting down the Honorable Starscream. Thoughts on this story so far and any new characters we would like to discuss? <laughs> I really I really enjoyed the whole bounty hunter aspect that they've in- implemented here because it kind of feels kind of like Mad Max with everything divided between different cities like Gold City and the and the Pack City. But I really I really like Blur's characteristics and his way of dealing with the uh, like stuff around him and uh, trying to get Starscream to cooperate with him so he could get the bounty in an easier format. Yeah, I just thought it was hilarious that for at least for me that he turned into this you know in the non shattered glass version was this nice kind-hearted bar owner and now he's this <laughs> overly egotistical little and in a tailpipe kind of character but not quite as clever as he thinks he is oh, oh. yeah yeah no <laughs> do, you, do you mind explaining what you mean high beam well from from when I read it, it, it definitely seemed like Starscream already had this idea of, you know, he's up to something. 
I gotta, I gotta be one step ahead of him. I gotta be smarter than him. And, you know, he leads him into a little bit of a trap. Yeah. It's a hot trap. Oh, and the eye patch. The oh, eye patch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I also would like to say, I like that his primary uh, contact, his, what was he? He was this, this bounty hunter that would go out and find uh, body pieces to donate to uh, Ratchet. And I like that his primary contact is Ratchet. <laughs> Ratchet is just this guy that just completely scrapes bots completely, which is, yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's crazy. So in the next issue, we follow Megatron surviving in the Sea of Rust, along with a quick flashback. Kilo, do you mind doing us the honors of telling us about these flashbacks of this mirrored universe, like the rise of Megatron and Optimus and what kind of happens on Earth? Yes, I kind of had a figure. <laughs> I thought you were going to do me. So Megatron... Well, on Cybertron, he's fighting kind of the same that he did originally. He, he's fighting for other bots and for equal treatment, and especially after what happened to Shockwave. And in this case, you can actually kind of like see Optimus and Prowl's behavior be more corrupt than in the past or in the other universe where it's kind of like a little bit more subtle. So he, he gets freed by Optimus and Optimus is like, this is... Uh, another one you owe me, like this is the fourth or, or third time that he's had to free Megatron. He wants just Megatron to join him, but Megatron's resisting because uh, he doesn't want to be part of the Senate that Optimus is trying to lead and all the chaos he's causing. And so eventually they do travel to Earth and try to protect the Earthlings and the uh, Autobots arrive and... There's a big fight going on, and, and Megatron sacrifices himself to protect his Decepticons and like, giving them a chance to kind of escape the battle because they weren't going to be able to win it. And in that battle, Megatron manages to injure Bumblebee, and that was a big hit for the for the Autobot side. But Megatron, being Megatron, survived and uh, was allowed to fight another day. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Beam. So... We may know that Starscream's your favorite character. What's your take on this new Starscream? This version, that is. I like the the dynamic that they gave him here. He still has that little bit of that that character Starscream vanity, but it's it's switched in in this way. It's he's now just in complete adoration of Megatron. <laughs> like he would be pretty much do anything Megatron says, and it's. It's just the complete opposite, and I, I love that. <laughs> it's pretty great in these comics. It is, and and also like with him focusing a lot more strongly too on, on again that back to that scientific background that you know they kind of introduce in G one, but they never really they never really play with it too much. Again, it's like okay, they brought that back out here in the dynamic between him and and Jetfire. And you kind of get this little this little taste of like the dynamic of them working together, you know, which gets their friendship gets strained as yeah. they kind of go their separate ways. Optron? I have a, a question on one of the fights that were on Earth. There was, uh, I think it was Jazz, uh, Blaster, and I th think that's a Grimlock chasing Megatron. Or, you know, or he was going, you know, head to head with all three of those guys. Is that Grimlock or is that somebody else? Because on the back of that guy, it looks like he has wings. So, but if you go a few pages before, it's not Jetfire because Which Jetfire is different. Which are you looking at? It should be Jetfire. He just, Jetfire has a mask 
that he puts down, and so that's why he looks different. Yeah, uh, but like he, if you look at the chest, it's completely different than the Jeff Fire you see with Starscream. The Starscream was talking to like a few pages before. Yeah. Which uh, issue are you looking at, sir? Should be issue two. Issue it's two? issue two. Yeah, it should be page twenty-one. At least it digitally. Definitely looks like Jetfire with the battle mask and the armor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely Jetfire. Yep. Okay, because like I was getting confused like before. I forgot what page that was. Fantastic. What are our thoughts on Starscream's plan using his spark to awaken a Titan? It's interesting for sure because you know whoever has the bigger bot will win. But <laughs> there's always a bigger bot, you know. <laughs> there's always a bigger bot, but. You know, tying that code to your spark might not be a good idea. A little risk there. <laughs> Just a bit. Because no matter uh, what timeline we're on, Starscream has to have himself a big bot. <laughs> <laughs> so in the next issue, we meet Soundwave Computron. Many of us may know that your favorite character is Soundwave. What are your thoughts on this morale officer of the Decepticons? He is so cool, man. Uh, <laughs> he's got like, uh, he kind of reminds me of like a old, uh, I guess on Earth they had this, like this radio, Vietnam radio kind of morale kind of thing. Like I think it, the name of the movie was called Good Morning Vietnam. And he just kept giving me vibes. Like he was just like this hippie-ish kind of bot that was just trying to keep the morale on the Decepticons high. And like wasn't like very tactically thinking like what he was doing. Like he was putting him, he was obviously putting like a target on himself when he was doing it. But like he, he, you know, I guess just didn't care, which was completely different than like a typical sound wave. Mm. Yeah, I think it's the bandana. <laughs> it's yeah, definitely the bandana. The bandana. <laughs> Interesting enough, uh, I have a 3D printed. Shattered glass sound wave that Onyx and Kilo gave me for a birthday, and I actually went over and I grabbed like a little, like a little cloth, and I ripped it and I tied it around his head to look like a bandana. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of bandanas, now High Beam, you wanted to talk about capes and bandanas. Yes. Is this is this a new trend or something that I've I've been missing out on? I don't know. I feel like I need to invest in in a cape for a little, more, wear a little cape, more dramatic no flair. You look like you're completely <laughs> indistinguishable based on your shape when you Clearly, wear. Clearly, you no can't one can tell see your at little all. Jet little things on the side, or you know, Magnus from that one series. No one knew who was Magnus. No, it's it's the perfect disguise. It's perfect. It's, isn't it's kind of like when you know in in human cartoons and and movies where. You know, they put on the, the mask over their eyes and all of a sudden no one knows who they are. But really, they just have a mask on their eyes. I heard there's a reporter yes. that puts on glasses and he becomes the yeah, Superman. I, I don't I, I mean, I guess if they're that easily fooled, I mean, maybe I maybe I don't know. Maybe this Decepticon needs a cape. Humans <laughs> are weird. Yeah. Humans are simple. Need to be stealthy. <laughs> Yeah. Does anyone want to talk about more Starscreams and Jetfire's friendship? I thought it was sweet. Uh, I I enjoyed the the back and forth between them because at least so far in the in the version that we've been reading the IDW two thousand five continuity, there hasn't been a lot of interaction between Starscream and Jetfire. So 
uh, we haven't gotten to explore that previous relationship that they had when they were both scientists and Jetfire was still on the Decepticon side. So it's it's pretty cool seeing it here and kind of see it play off differently where Jetfire still joins the Autobot, but this time it's going to not, not like being the good side, it's kind of being the bad side. So it's pretty cool. Mm. It reminds me of uh, the Netflix Transformer series and Jetfire being like the leader of the Seekers at the time. And I think that was literally the only thing I've ever seen Jetfire and Starscream ever had an interaction. I believe they had an interaction in the War for Cybertron series, the the, the no video way. game one. That's true. And yeah. in uh, some of the cartoons. Yeah, they never really focus too much on it. And it's it's like that you have that one episode of Generation 1, and then it just kind of, you never really hear about it again. <laughs> right. It's, it's nice to see a little more depth to that. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of depth, let's cut to a quick ad break. Hey, all lifeforms. This is Hypebeam here, and I have a message for you. I'm at your local Dino King, and Beryllium Baloney Dinobot Nuggets are back. That's right. For a limited time only, you can purchase Beryllium Baloney Dinobot Nuggets. Made from the freshest minerals, both lightweight and strong alkaline earth metals, you know it has everything you want. Each nugget is formed into adorable chibi dinosaur shapes. Oh, hi. I didn't see you behind me in line. Uh, yeah, just a click. I'm thinking out loud. Hmm. Beryllium bologna dinobot nuggets are delicious. And also, for a limited time, when you buy one box, you can get a second one free. That's two for the price of one. What? No. I think you're full of sodium salami. Nope, I'm full of beryllium baloney. You two caused me torture because you will not order. Wait, wait, I, I didn't read the rest of the menu yet. Are you serious? Raspinator needs his banner nuggies. And welcome back. So I want to jump right into this and say I really enjoy the blasters attitude and colors of this shattered glass version. I think the colors are pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do like the the little cassettes, especially the the lion one looks pretty cool, uh, and the and the rhino. So I, I really enjoy them, and I like that he's kind of like has this little crew, and is ready to get the bounty. His little yeah. goon squad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the colors are really fun for them. Yeah, I love all the alternate colors. Bet that makes it really easy to reuse toys. Weird. For sure. Weird how they circle back on that. It's like this is an ad. Anyway. I'm not I'm not gonna buy that at all. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually Starscream is captured by Goldbug and Jetfire. Dun, dun, dun. Which, in the next chapter, we follow Goldbug, the small and full of anger. Sounds like another bot I know. Possibly a Zephyr? I don't know. Trying to impress Optimus (laughs) after his previous failures. But my all-time favorite bot is Skywarp. And his design is fantastic with his dark blues, blacks, and he's dead. Okay, never mind. Oh, now you know how I feel. Yeah, I was so excited reading this. I was like, oh, he looks so cool. I turned the page. Oh, he's dead. Cool. Yep. Welcome, welcome to my pain and misery. I never have favorites, I guess. 
<laughs> I learned my lesson. <laughs> I still haven't. I'm still hopeful. <laughs> Is that why I like Starscream so much? I mean, he's, he's pretty much immortal. He dies a lot. He does die a lot, but he always keeps coming back in some way, shape, or form. That, that It's true. something to do with that immortal spark. That is Somehow true. more annoying than ever. Sorry. Do you have an ash pile with a crown on it? <laughs> so, thoughts on this version of Prowl? I like Dark Prowl. <laughs> you like Dark Prowl? Wait, For me, it feels the same way. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Prowl. It's just it's the just same Prowl. prowl. <laughs> yes. With all those deep, dark secrets again. The only difference is a simple change, man. That is it. <laughs> I also want to point out Goldbugs, which is Bumblebee in this version. His brutality is intense. Like, he kills a lot of Decepticons. Like, the Insecticons, Skywarp, and eventually, poor Starscream, rest his spark. So much tiny rage. So much tiny rage and such a little body. I like that he was trying to uh, essentially tell Jetfire how to do a science project when he knew absolutely nothing about. Yes. <laughs> he feels like a normal boss. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> uh, I think this is the highest kill count an bot has gotten against uh, like the opposing faction. Yeah. Because <laughs> in the normal comics, I think the Ottawa's are the ones that are usually going offline. No, well, if you exclude RC. RC puts off a lot of... Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. She doesn't discriminate, actually. Never mind. <laughs> so we end with a Titan-sized cliffhanger. Any final thoughts about this series? Need more. Need more. Yeah. <laughs> I hear there might be a sequel series in the works. I know. I can't yes. wait. <laughs> Uh, I really, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I like that it's not just a simple let's take this personality from this Decepticon and put it on this Autobot and then vice versa. I think it's very like unique. They all have their own different feelings and the, the whole aspect of how they're telling the story here. It's very different than the normal universe, which is usually just like the war. Now here's like the Autobots have won, and now it's kind of like a Mad Max where. You just got to survive wherever you can, and everybody's kind of trying to hunt you down. So I really enjoy yeah. that. It makes one wonder that if the Autobots from our universe actually put in effort and just went hog after hog, is that the Earth phrase? <laughs> after wild. the Decepticons, they could actually win. But because they're more refrained and they like restrain themselves, that that's why the war has lasted so long. Yeah. I do feel like the whole part where Megatron was sacrificing himself to save the Decepticons, I'm like, yeah, okay, that sounds like Optimus. <laughs> and then he was talking about doing it again. I'm like, okay, you need to clearly take a chill pill because the first time didn't work. Well, you got to have a space messiah somehow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move to Rodstar rating. Hypebeam, do you mind doing us the honors and going first? Sure. Kind of leaning towards a five out of five myself. I mean, I've I've always wanted a good Mirrorverse like series with this, you know, and the fact that it was tied in with the really good looking action figures was kind of a bonus for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the artwork was so good. I, I liked that it wasn't just everyone is literally just the complete opposite, but they shifted the dynamics just 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 enough to make it a little extra interesting. You know? Absolutely. So I gotta give it a five out of five. Compu I'll give it a four point five out of five. Well, it's mostly because 
I want to know what the cliffhanger leads to. <laughs> wow. You're is it on the cliffhanger? <laughs> is it not supposed to make it five out of five? Because yeah. it's like, invested? It was, good se- it was a great setup. It was a great setup story. <laughs> An absolutely great setup story. But that's what it was. It was just a setup story. Nothing can satisfy Computron. Kilo, you want to go next? I will give it a five out of five. I really enjoyed it. I had fun. It was very good. And I like the, the day. It's not just a... That swap some personalities around and they just made a whole new story. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys are gonna get mad at me because I'm also gonna give it a four and a half yeah. for different reasons. Different reasons. Wow. I would have liked more bots in it. There were plenty of bots. What do you I mean? I would have liked more bots in it. There's plenty of bots. More, more Honestly, I would have liked to see more of the Autobots. Like, um, would have liked to see our. Now I'm you, you, just just Grimlock. Grimlock. you just want to I see Grimlock. You just want to see Grimlock. Yes. That's all. That's, not... That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that Grimlock would have raised that a whole star ahead. It would have been wow, five that's... and a half. Wow. That's just... <laughs> I, I do have something to say. Did any of you guys catch Whirl's cameo? I did. He's on a yeah. sign. Yeah. I at first thought that was Shockwave. I'm like, Whirl. No, Shockwave is also on a sign. But yeah. Whirl. The yellow yep. world. Fan. Fantastic. Hi, Beam. Where can listeners find you? Listeners can find me on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and another uh, app called Hover, which relates to that lovely Twitch platform, at HighBeamTF. And uh, don't let that, that TF fool you. It stands for Transformers. <laughs> oh, does it? Okay. I was thinking it was like the the fantastic... I mean, uh, it, it could. <laughs> could. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Great having you. Thank you. Thank you. And to you, the listeners, if you've enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with your friends and subscribing. We hope you are all staying safe out there. And thank you so, so much for listening. Till all are one. Till all are one. Till all are one. Till all are one. Hey, all you Earthlings, what's shaking? Other than those radio waves, you can follow these great hosts on their social media platforms such as Facebook and Instagram at Swerves Bar Podcast. You can also find them on Twitter at Swerves Bar. And if this episode wasn't enough for your audio receptors, try checking out their spin-off D&D series, Transform and Rollout. The first season, titled Rise of the World Killers, is out now. Let's have a quick listen. Do you want a booster seat? <laughs> no, but can you... Can you, can you hear me a seatbelt, please? Isn't that something? You can also check out their YouTube channel that has more bonus content. If you find yourself rock and rolling to these tunes, consider supporting these dudes on Patreon, where you can get even more bonus content such as 3D files and access to their Discord. Links will be provided below. Time to wrap this up because I got more rocking to do. This is Soundwave signing out.